With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this Sunday edition of Political Straight Talk. I'm your host, the Political Superman, coming to you live from the great state of Tennessee at the foothills of the Cherokee National Forest. The time, 9.34 on the East Coast, 6.34 on the left coast. And you know what? I want to know the same thing that you guys want to know and what's been on your mind all day, and that is, did Mayor Pete have fun on Valentine's Day? (coughs) No, that has been on everybody's mind. Yeah. So we're going to start out the program with a couple of rules. Um, taken to given the rules because we have new people coming in and out. Um, first of all, in the program, if you are going to participate, we would love for you to participate, but please be mindful of your other guests. Do not speak over the host or other guests. Um, you will have plenty of time to speak. If you are not talking, please mute your phones so that um, everybody can have a good experience without your background noise. So everybody go ahead and mute your phones until you're ready to speak. When you want to speak, you may do so. You can just say, hey, or you can raise your hand if you have access to the board at talkshoe.com forward slash studio and then forward slash political straight talk or 48063. Now, on here, we like differing viewpoints. We respect differing viewpoints. We encourage differing viewpoints. Uh, We will not tolerate anti-Semitism, homophobic slurs, other things. Uh, On this program, you will be kicked out of here if that is what you're here to do because that doesn't bring anything to the political discussion. All that does is show your stupidity. So we're not interested in that. The program is... Got some sponsors. I don't mention them enough. Uh, I haven't renewed uh, the sponsorships in full, but the Wall Street Journal is going back to sponsoring the program. We get the right news at the right time, wsj.com. Also, I'm plugging our business and letting the business plug us, too, for that matter. Uh, We're also brought to you by Forever and Always Bakery. Uh, also known as Forever and Always Baking Company, located in Clarksville, Arkansas, but ship all over the United States. You can visit us anytime at facebook.com forward slash Forever and Always Baking Co. or uh, Forever and Always Baking.com. That's Forever and Always Baking.com. Now, back to Mayor Pete. So, Mayor Pete, being the wonderful person that he is, went on the attack against Rush Limbaugh. Because Rush Limbaugh made the statement that America was not ready to see two dudes kissing on the debate stage. Now, 
I'm inclined to agree with that statement. Um, no matter where you stand on the gay-straight issue, the optics of that are terrible. And you're going to lose what we call in the South the Bubba vote. Okay? It's out the window. You're going to lose a good portion of the evangelical vote. Um, they won't lose the Jewish vote. They won't lose the Catholic vote because they all support that kind of crap. But um, they're going to lose the Southern Baptist block or the Baptist block, as they're often called, because that group does not. But there's a bigger issue here. Pete decided to go on Fox News and tell <laughs> the hosts and Dr. Alvaretta King, who is the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King, who is a devout Republican, mind you, um, that African Americans were doing worse and are living in pain under President Trump. Now, I have had the distinct honor of meeting most of the King family. I have met um, Dr. King's sisters. I have met his wife. I've met his children. Okay. Lovely people all. Uh, the majority of them live in or around Memphis still. Um, and I got to tell you, uh, Miss Alvaretta King handed Pete Buttigieg his proverbial lunch, and it was most likely a chicken sausage because she ran that sausage right home and simply told him that, number one, um, blacks are not doing worse under President Trump. As a matter of fact, President Trump's support in the black vote is incredibly high. Okay, uh, last count, it was at 26%. For those of you that follow politics, you will know that if a Republican gets more than 14% of the black vote, it's over for the Democrats. They can suffer a severe case of na 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 hey hey goodbye. But that's what's happening. Okay, secondly, uh, Dr. King pointed out that unemployment for blacks was at an all time low. And this is what she told Mr. Buttigieg. And this is probably the best part of <laughs> the whole interview. She looked at him and she said, Mr. Buttigieg. In all of my years, I have learned that if something's working, you keep doing it until it's not working. She looked then to the camera, and she said, I'm speaking to all people of all colors, but especially black people. If the economy and this president is working for you, keep him working for you. Now, what is interesting is the commentary that came after this interview. There were hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of blacks commenting, so much so that it shut down the Fox server, of how they feel like their life's going in the right direction. They're not being treated like a victim. They're not being treated like they're second-class citizens, and that their lot in life has moved up. And I will tell you, that if, in fact, that is the case, 
Democrats have a lot more to be scared about. Now, if anybody wants to comment on this, they can at this point before we move on. All right. Everybody quiet on that? I'm shocked. I'll comment. You have about roughly 100 years that the Democrat Party started taking in Democrats. And it started with the NAACP. The NAACP, once it was founded, it found a home with the Democrats because they were more accepting of certain things, like communism. <laughs> and I say that because if, for those who don't know, uh, if you look at your history books, the Scopes Monkey Trial, where uh, Scopes wanted to teach evolution in his high school class, Well, he was sued and fired or whatever it was by the Board of Education, and he sued. Well, the funding for the trial was done by the NAACP. The NAACP didn't really have the money, so the people who really funded the trial was the Communist Party of America. And I say all that. Because since that time, since the Democrat Party and the NAACP started merging or starting to get to know one another, there was a plan afoot to make blacks more dependent on the Democrat Party. And it really took a head in the 1960s under FDR. Well, what FDR did besides passing the uh, the Equal Rights Amendment, they also got the black churches and told the black churches, we will, ex- we will tax-exempt you, we'll tax-exempt all the churches, but we'll, we'll tax-exempt you as long as you make sure that your parishioners follow our ideology, our ideas. And with that, you've had the breakup of the black family. You have... Blacks being almost wards of the state in the Democrats' eyes, that we're going to take advantage of your vote, we will take care of you also. Well, they got tired of that. And what really got, what really made them so tired was, you had Barack Obama, the first black president. He was elected with the idea that he was going to finally be the one to help the black population. Well, what happened? All he did was cause more division, more hatred in the country. And when he when it came down for him leaving, his his the person who replaced him, the white racist man, or the the orange racist man, is the one who's actually giving black people a leg up, who's helping them out, and it's not by making them more dependent on the government, it's making them less dependent on the government. And this is what's upsetting to the Democrats at this point. They hate the fact that the voting populace that have been dependent upon the Democrats for so long now have the racist in chief who's leading them to freedom. 
Well, I happen to agree with that, but, you know, noticed you took us through a history lesson. Well, I took the long route. I, I know. Keep it simple, stupid. Just saying. But he is right. Okay. So, I am, uh, next thing I'm going to talk about is Mini Mike. And, and I got to bring up Mini Mike just because <laughs> Mini Mike will get it done. He doesn't know what he's going to get it done. But um, if anybody knows who Joel Benenson is, most of you may not. But Joel Benenson is a Democratic pollster that has been doing this for a long time. Okay. Um, he's pretty good um, at what he does. But I am going to tell you that he he doesn't believe that Mike Bloomberg has a chance. He believes that if he's going to have any kind of chance that he is going to have to do more than pull, pull money. And by the way, Mark, I wasn't calling you stupid. I was saying use the KISS method. Didn't want to say KISS method because then the bubble vote would get pissed off at it. Anyway. Now, Bloomberg's already spent um, $100 million just in, now listen to this, just in California. Okay? And he is... He's actually smart. His campaign is doing a ton of, of polling, and I'm, I stress a ton, okay? And he's not breaking the single digits anywhere. Anywhere. And he's running ads. I know that they, Nielsen's reported that he is running ads every 38 seconds in um, – the Super Tuesday states. Okay. Now, why is this important? Because Mike Bloomberg isn't the first candidate to try and buy his way by skirting the voters. There have been multiple people that have skirted the voters or tried to skirt the voters using money. Now, I don't like Mike. I don't like his strategy. I think his strategy is dumb. And whereas everybody thinks Iowa and New Hampshire are these big states, they're not. And do they really matter? No. Okay, they think they matter, but they don't. But here's what does matter. You're now going to skip Nevada and South Carolina. So you're skipping Nevada. You're skipping South Carolina because South Carolina would have given him a good bellwether, gave him a good look at how am I going to do in these states, in the southern states. And he is passing that up. That's a dumb mistake on his part. He could skip Nevada, 
he could skip New Hampshire. He could skip Iowa, and he would be okay. But the South tends to hold a grudge when you start skipping their primaries. And you're in pro-gun areas on Super Tuesday. He's not going to do well. He's not going to do well in the black states where there's heavy black populations, Georgia, uh, Florida, South Carolina. Um, He's not going to do well because of his red line comments. The red line comments were true and have been proven to be true. But when he's discussing it, he makes it seem, the way he comes across in his discussions, make it appear like that this was redlining based on color, based on race, based on creed, rather than based on economics, which is what should have been... uh, which should have been uh, based on economic factors, based on um, regional areas, and not on color and loan. Now, I think if you put those two together, they might correlate. I don't know that they would correlate, but my my inkling is that they're probably going to correlate. So that's the that's that part. Of it. Um, I will tell you all, and some of y'all are going to get butthurt over this, but I'm going to be the first to tell you, Mike Bloomberg's not wrong on the economic side of things, with the exception of his love of uh, parts of the New Green Deal. He's not wrong on some of the economic stuff and some of his economic policies that he put in place in New York City. It's the extracurricular stuff that gets him in trouble and that people don't want. Okay. Any comments on Bloomberg before we stroll on down the lane? Well, I have a problem with him thinking that he can buy his way to the White House. I mean... President Trump is a billionaire, too. But he didn't buy his way in there. Like me, Mike is. And that is quite disturbing. Well, Bloomberg can't work a crowd like Trump can. And that's just the fact. Commercial I've seen. I mean, like you said, every commercial I see is with him, even on YouTube. You can't get away from him. No. Well, that's by design. Well, turns me off. Um, it will, most voters that have already made up their mind. That ad is not targeting our audience. Well, the fact is that it it must be turning off some people. I mean, even if they haven't made up their minds. I mean, just ram it down your throat. I don't know. People like to have it rammed down their throat. So, I mean, you you have to look at that, too. Well, it doesn't have people in the 
People have uh, forgotten he was the one that got that big gulp taken away from everyone. Well, if, if, I was, if I was one of the Democrats, I'd be running that ad with a big gulp cup in the background and a straw. <laughs> I'm serious. As as childish as that seems, that will trigger people's memories because it's dumb stuff mm-hmm. like that that they remember. So mm-hmm. can anybody tell me what the most effective campaigning leading up to election day in the in the last seventy two hours get out the vote type deal? Can anybody tell me what the most effective mode of campaigning is? Well, I'm waiting. Door to door. Think so? Get your, well, you get your people on the ground, phone calls. Uh, now, now I'm know. a door-to-door person. Everybody knows that. I'm, I'm in politics when I ran campaigns and I was advising other campaigns. I'm a, I'm a door-knocking beast. I believe in that. But that is not the most effective in the 72 hours. And notice I limited it to 72 hours. So, uh, hold on a second. The precinct. Second hand at the precinct. Okay. Mark, you want to weigh in on this? I was at the campaign rallies that Trump did 20, 72 hours. That, that I'm whole three-day uh, fest. No, but that whole six-day. I would say uh, hold rallies. Or television. Well, actually, I would do radio and television ads, and would bomb the you're, hell out of those radio stations and those television you're, stations. You're, you're closer. Cost approximately three cents. Cost approximately three cents a pop to do a robocall. Robocalls. Yeah. Seventy-two hours out are the most effective campaign tool. But. Yeah. To hear people talk about it, people hate robocalls. Okay? People despise robocalls. Well, let me give you all a little secret. Okay? So when Congress was passing their little laws about uh, homeowners associations and businesses and ordinances about loitering and phone calls and what hours you can call and what you can do. Did you know that political apparatuses are exempt from each and every one of those rules? Did you know that a political campaign can robocall you 24 hours a day, seven days a week if they wanted to? In the Louisiana uh, election for governor a few months ago, there were robocalls being done at three at one thirty in the morning. Yeah, by mistake, it's legal, but it, yeah, it's stupid. And it was happening, but it's legal. It's stupid, but it's legal. It was it was funny. I'm going to digress here for a minute, but I used to when I would used to go door to door. One of the funniest things would be when. Uh, I would go into subdivisions, and I'd have my team spread out. And off we'd go, 
Well, a few minutes later, a couple of them, especially new ones, would come back to me and they're like, we have to leave this subdivision. Why? Because there's a sign that says no soliciting. Okay. Keep going. I would be confronted by people. I've had the cops called on me by (laughs) people, primarily Democrats. Uh, And I would be told, hey, you're not allowed to solicit here. And then I'd have to let the poor folks know how wrong they were, which I really hated doing that to voters, but it used to make me mad. Because they'd be like, you can't be in this subdivision. Yeah, yeah, I can. I can go anywhere I want to go. Like businesses. Business would be like, you can't leave that literature here. You can't. No no loitering, no soliciting. Yeah, yeah, I can. Did you know you can put political literature anywhere? And it's actually illegal for them to take it down or move it? I bet you didn't know that. So why am I going back to this? I'm going back to this to tell you that, A, political ads run on TV. Uh, Governor Bill Haslam in the state of Tennessee, when he was first running for governor, nobody really knew who he was, okay? You ask him who Bill Haslam was, nobody knew. You ask him about a pilot or a flying J, everybody knew what a pilot or flying J was. Well, he's the owner. Oh. So then he started running this commercial. Now, I know the guy that was advising him on commercials. He's very good at what he does. He's a bit annoying at times with his commercials, but he's effective. And one of the things that he did, he's like, look, we need you to run a a commercial that humanizes you. Because right now, people see you as either A, they don't know you, or B, they know you as a multi-billionaire. And they're kind of jealous of you. So how are we going to humanize you? So I could probably ask everybody here about his ads. And every last one of you are going to know that our Tennesseans are going to know his commercials. Okay? Tell you another one. How many of you here knew that Bob Corker took a mission trip to Haiti? I did. one of you. Because his ad ran every eight seconds across this state in 2006. And what was that ad about? His mission trip to Haiti. He didn't talk about his time as mayor. He didn't do any of that. All he talked about was his mission trip. Well, when the election happened, now I will tell you all, I worked that campaign, didn't want to, but I was ordered to by the big cheese. and So I respected the big cheese. Um. <laughs> Corker was losing that battle, okay? He was losing that fight until the very famous, what I like to call, Republican galvanizing Memphis meltdown. When we got word (laughs) that that Memphis station had picked up that story because they were the only ones there, when we heard that they had picked up that story, and we saw it in the Corker, in the, well, I didn't work for Corker. So I don't ever want anybody to think I worked for that no-count SOB because I didn't. I worked for the Tennessee Victory Fund, okay? And I was on loan to him, to them. Uh, 
but the reason I bring all this up is Mike Bloomberg is using what would be a very effective statewide strategy trying to run a national campaign, and it doesn't work the same way, okay, because they're, they're trying to apply a blanket approach in the Super Tuesday states that, yes, it will work to some degree in the Super Tuesday states, Okay, it will work in some states. It will not work in this state. Okay. <clears throat> because people see him as a northern elitist. Okay. If you look at the past presidents, okay, let's let's lay them all out there for you. Where was Obama from? He was from Kenya. Illinois. Illinois. He was from Kenya originally, but we're going to say Illinois. George W. Bush. Texas. Reagan. California. California. Clinton. Arkansas. Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Bush Senior. Texas. Kenny Ford. No, he wasn't from Kenny Court, Maine. The family owned property up there. Yes. Um, so let's now, now, now pay attention. We've had two two Northerners. Reagan was considered a Western fella of the old Western, so his is different. He would be. He's not considered a outside of Southerner because most Southerners saw him as one of their own. Jimmy Carter. Georgia. Correct. Uh, Ford. Oh, God. Michigan. 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 Okay, now Ford was selected, not elected, so that's important to know. Uh, Nixon. Nixon was a California guy. California. Johnson. Texas. Texas. You see my point? Where are most of the presidents in modern history from? Southern Southern states states or southern sympathizing states. Okay. Now, why is that important? Because you have a whole voting block of those Midwestern states and the South, so Midwestern and South, that are not going to vote for Mike Bloomberg, period. They're not going to do it. He's already alienated. Okay close to 30 states, just in proximity of him being from New York. Who thinks, who who here, yeah, all of you guys can weigh in on this one. Who do y'all think the Democratic nominee is going to be after all the dust settles, after everything plays itself out? Who's going to be the nominee? Well, if they don't steal it again, I'd say Sanders. Okay, so you think Sanders will be the nominee? Tammy, who do you think is going to be the nominee? No, Barbara, you've not been listening. Sanders cannot be the nominee. He's not a registered Democrat. That's right. He's from Vermont, too. 
I think it's either going to be Biden or um, New York. Bloomberg? Yeah. Huh. Especially if he okay. announces he's going to pick Hillary as the vice president. I think if he announces that he's picking Hillary as the Veep, all hell's going to break loose. I, I think that they're that he's smart not to do that. Even if he's going to pick her, he needs to keep it quiet. Do you think that that was a weather balloon? That that was just sent up to see how that would energize the um, Democrats? I think it was sent up so that he didn't commit suicide. <laughs> Okay. No, in all seriousness, um, yes, that weather balloon was sent up, but I don't think he meant for it to be made public. Because I've often wondered why Bloomberg decided to jump in this thing. Because he has yeah. nothing to gain by jumping in this. Nothing. Right. Because he's got a he he's got a big problem. Because what is he going to do with his television network? Yeah. Talk about a million clause. Already his news network is violating the uh is violating the fairness doctrine. Just by his yeah. name. So he's got problems there. Um Okay, Mark, who do you think is gonna come out of it? In all seriousness. Honestly, they know they're going to screw themselves either way. It, without, even if, if Sanders is the nominee or if Sanders is not the nominee, they're going to screw themselves. It's. I, th- I still think there's a, there's a dark horse that's going to rise up, who's not in the in the picture right now, and the person that I'm thinking of is Hillary, just for what she's been doing the last two years. Right. Also, she would. What does she have to? She has everything to lose. She has nothing to lose at this point. She can sit back and say, you know what, y'all have your fun. Y'all go campaigning in each state. My people have already talked to everybody, all the superdelegates. And my people have assured me that I'm going to be the nominee if something happens. And that something happening is... Bernie close enough. Bernie. Yeah. If Bernie is near the finish line, he's not going to be the nominee. As far as the Bloomberg, why is Bloomberg in the race? Because I really have no idea at this point. They they drafted him, but Bloomberg has nothing to gain out of this, nothing at all. The only thing that he he is building a decent infrastructure, and I'm thinking that the Democrats are going to want to use that infrastructure for the general election. And this trial balloon of making Hillary the VP, it may be a coming to once um, Bloomberg drops out, then we'll welcome uh. Hillary back in. 
But there as far go. as who's going to be the nominee, all I know at this point is Trump's enjoying this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mean you're not willing to make a prediction here? If I was a betting man right now, I would say it's going to be Hillary Clinton because all the signs point to her. Yeah, I'm in. I'm inclined to agree. All right, so let's shift gears a little bit, and this one's just gonna. I don't, I don't know. Some of these brides need to be smacked. So a bride to be sent out invitations. And when she sent out the invitation, she included the wrong email address. So she sent an email to the owner of the email where she, and I quote, demanded to be given access to the email, to be given that email address, and for them to create a new one and give her that one. Now, typical Democrat. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> well, I know. Do you think that this woman is, yeah, idiot? Yeah. I, I didn't even know how to approach this because I read it and I was like, you know what, I'm going to bring this one up because we have, yeah, stupid people in this world. Do you think she's right in asking for control of it? Uh-uh. Absolutely not. She could have the owner of it send those emails to her. But that would have been as, my. That would have been me. Hey, do you mind the forward well, yeah. the wrong email? You made a mistake. You made a mistake. Could you know? You please forward all these emails to me without being yeah. a, a bridezilla and demanding that you know. God, so wrong. And, <laughs> and every system of clients that I get two of, you'll get one of them. If I get two hand mixers, you'll get a hand mixer. If I get two kitchen aids, you'll get a kitchen aid. You know, you've got to throw something in there for that person to make it worth their while. It was her mistake. Yeah. All right. Next topic. Wait, wait, wait. I hey. want to interject. I think we should get the groom a gift. We should collect the money and get the groom a gift. At Sam's and Costco's, they sell a whole barrel of Jack Daniels whiskey. It's about $30,000 <laughs> or something to that effect. We should, get, we should pool our money together and get this for the groom. Because if he has to live with this 
thing before they're married, it's going to be hell after he's married. And I'll say a little prayer for him tonight. And I'll even start a GoFundMe page to get a good divorce lawyer. <laughs> well, I don't know that I wow. would get him a divorce lawyer. They're not married yet. Well, it may be called off. If she's acting like this now, they're going to get a divorce. Oh, rather. Well, maybe he's just as much of a diva as she is. Maybe they're both snowflakes. I don't know. She's she's got she's got herself over the finish line first. Yeah. <laughs> well, All what right. Did, uh, what did Amanda say? About what? I heard her in the background. Oh, well, if she said something, I didn't hear. Okay. Oh, Amanda did choose who she thought would win the the nomination. She thinks it's Buck Gage. Oh, God. Yes, inauguration night at the White House. That leaves me with a very thick mental image. Well, the only thing left to the imagination is, is the is the president-elect been over or is the other one been over? <laughs> um, just saying. Actually, who I feel sorry for is the Secret Service agents who would just happen to have... Oh, if, amen. If they would happen to uh, need to call the president for something or one of the advisors has to walk into the room, well, it would be the Secret Service anyway. If they got to see that shit, uh, pardon my language... But the context. Well, oh, yeah. They would be saying, oh, yeah. <laughs> they have to stand outside his bedroom door and listen to that? How about the slapping, the slapping sound, you know? <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. It's no fun and game. Come on, baby. Hit it one more time. It would make me want to ask for it. Would have, on the, it would make me On the bright side, the, the Secret Service has set, has eight years of to be desensitized because you had that with, with, with the Obamas. Well, that's true. <laughs> but he liked to do it in the limo. He liked to do it. He liked to do it in the limo. I heard. Well, he wouldn't be the first president to get a little roadhead in the <laughs> in the limo. <laughs> I'm just saying. Really? Oh. And a Secret Service agent drives the beast. Yes, but the window that the uh, Secret Service has no control of that window up front. Oh. So when that window's up and it's not got a, it's not see-through either way. Oh, really? So when they put that window up, yeah, there's a there's a separation partition there. 
So if POTUS wants to get FLOTUS to, you know. Was Bill doing Nassies and Beast? I guess. I guess that now, if if Buttigieg was to win, it would be it would be POTUS and Godus. Pagodas. <laughs> Today, Pagodas and Pagodas went to the gay bar. Oh boy! Could you, ima- <laughs> could you imagine? Today, the president went to the Blue Oyster with his boyfriend or with his husband. But listen, that's just it. The Dems, the the newer generation of the Dems will support him just because yeah. of that. Yeah, they, they might, will. but the but the older generation of Dems will not. Yeah. And he's, I think what's going to happen. I, I'm, I think Bernie and Klobuchar are going to be your one and two coming out of Super Tuesday. And I think if there's any way that they can send, that they can push Klobuchar over, they will. He doesn't have a chance, no balls chance in hell of winning. But I don't think any of the Dems really have a chance of winning. Well, she's as tall as Thomas Jefferson, she said. Well, (laughs) you know, I'm going to chalk that up to just a simple mistake in being on air. Because... You know, she doesn't generally make that mistake. I suck it up to stupidity. I'm going to chalk that one up, too. How could you even say that? She was fed fed that line also. She didn't say Thomas Jefferson. The uh, the anchor person said Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, Bill Bill Maher walked her into that one. And that's that's why I'm not really... That's why I'm not really concerned about it. No. She was walked into that because normally she does say, you know, there was a 5 4 president, and there was James Madison. Yeah. Yeah, but Thomas Jefferson. So Thomas Jefferson was more along the lines of 6 2. Yeah, he was was rather tall for for that day. Now there 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 is breaking news. Uh, Budachev has just said that if he becomes the president, he will carry a teacup chihuahua in the football with dog biscuits. Oh shit! Speaking oh, <laughs> of chihuahuas, can the you, good can old. You imagine? Go ahead, Barbara. Afterwards. And the dancing. Well, he was passing his butt face and his husband skipping. That would be awful. No. Yeah, that would, no. So I will have nightmares tonight. So, the president today went and visited NASCAR, more specifically the old trusty Daytona Speedway in Daytona Beach, Florida. 
And here were some of his comments. NASCAR fans never forget that no matter who wins the race, what matters most is God, family, and country. And that he wanted to get behind one of the race cars. But Secret Service said, um, no. Okay, so if any of you guys... Um, uh, no. That's a big no. Why not? Um, because that's a big fat no. All right, so in, uh, if anybody watched that race today, can anybody tell me how many vehicles were on the track with the president? 40. I'm not talking about there the race cars. I'm talking about the president. There were two limos, uh, one SUV. The there were no, the limos of the beasts. The, there were two beasts out there. The, there were four. There were there were four vehicles. Okay, that were part of the motorcade. Okay, the white lead car normally would be the pace car, but if you all will notice, they put the pace car in the back. That white lead car is the communications car. The second and third vehicles will be the limo. And the fourth vehicle, should it ever have had to be used, would be the wonderful Mexican car. And why do I call it the Mexican car? Because there's more Secret Service agents stand in there than Mexicans in a Honda Accord. But that is called the package. Those four vehicles, you will always see them together. You will never see um, the presidential motorcade without four vehicles. And I just thought that was interesting and thought I'd point that out to you guys, that anywhere the president goes, there's usually a 14 or 15 car motorcade, but there are only four that matter. Those four cars. If anybody ever tried to break them up, get in between them, separate those four cars, that would become a national security incident, and the U.S. military would respond. And the plane wow. that's flying up there, the unmanned drone that's flying up there armed to the teeth, yeah, you'd get to know what it's armored with. Mm-mm. Now, why was this race important? Okay. Um, you know, Ronald Reagan went to the race. Okay. Um, he was actually the first president to attend. He went and he gave the command, start your engines. But he was actually uh, in Air Force One when he gave the command to start the engines. Okay. Um, Richard Petty won that race. President George W. Bush. Now, now these names I'm mentioning coming up, there, there's a pattern here. And I want to see if you guys can get it. So GW went in 2004. And uh, he'd give the command. And then a little guy by the name of Dale Earnhardt Jr. won that race. Okay. Uh, President Clinton went to the race in 1992, but he was booed off the stage. Right. Wasn't that Crystal? They, uh, they booed him off. President Obama was offered the opportunity to go and to sponsor a car. Um, 
and he did not um, he did not attend. Okay. Now, why is this important? 14 million people watched this race on television until it was canceled because of rain. 14 million people. There's only one audience during the year that's larger than that, and that's the State of the Union. Pretty smart on his part to head down there. I'm surprised some of the Democrats haven't tried to go. Um, you may see some of them try to go to Michigan or one of those northern speedways. But I think they'll get booed off the stage, too. Yeah. He was absolutely right. God, family country. Well, it was a, it was a smooth move. Mm-hmm. But actually, the Absolutely. correct term, the correct term is God, country, and family. Well, I know there's a lot of people that don't. A lot of people don't like that, but it's the truth. It's God, country, and family. All right, two more topics, and then we'll call it a day. Next topic: the Democrats got a big thank you today from a subway thief. Now. This subway guy, he's been arrested 139 times for theft. As soon as he was arrested, he was released because of the new law, the new bail reform law. As soon as he was released from the jail, he held a news conference to thank the Democrats for making him free. Really? There isn't anybody going to take the bait on that one? Well, I think it was atrocious. And thank you, Comrade de Blasio, for doing that. You know, I just, what a mockery. Well, what a mockery. Even here in Tennessee, King Lee wants to empty the jails out. Um, He needs to. He needs to. I, I, listen. Okay, I'm glad this come up. I wasn't really going to go into a prison reform deal, but I'm going to now. Um, I think prison reform is a great idea. I think there's a lot of people in prison that doesn't deserve to be there. Or let me let me put it a different way: that don't deserve the extended stay. Okay. I think we have to look no, at a few things. Nobody loves that, but that that case is ridiculous that you just referred to. Nobody yes. argues that there are people in there that have wrongful sentences or something like that. But just to be across the board emptying the jails out because they think people got a raw deal, no. Well, I don't well, look know what's happening what, in California. I don't know what Lee's planning on doing. Okay, I haven't. I've heard he's wanting to do it. I haven't heard the gist behind it. But I do know that they want to cut the prison population and the jail population by almost a half. Okay? Well, now, just to make room for know, To make room for what? Students that they want to arrest that eventually get arrested for armed robbery and murder because they don't do anything to them in the schools. Well, 
here's here's my thought on this, and and many of you know, some of you will know, that I used to be a very hardened pro death penalty, pro. Um, I I don't know the way to put it, but very rigid in my viewpoint in the justice system until I had to walk through the justice system. Okay. And then I realized that there's a three-tiered justice system out there. There are the haves, there are the have-nots, and then there's the politicians and influential people. Okay? Now, as many of you know, I was accused of stealing a lot of money and um, won't go through the merits of the case here simply to say that um, the money was owed to me. I did not steal it. Um, I did take the money. That's a true statement. Uh, but I thought it was my salary at the time that I was taking it. I said that to the court, said that to anybody who would listen. I fought it, fought it, fought it. Okay? Um, it broke me. It took every single penny. It broke me so bad that to this day, I still haven't fully recovered. Okay? It ruins you, your reputation. The news media comes after you. If if they've got a chance to put their hooks in you, they will. Okay, they go after your kids. They go after anything you've ever done. All in the name of journalism, because I'm a Republican. Okay. Now, do I blame this on the fact I'm a Republican? No. I blame this on the fact that I took a stand against the no-count Tea Party and told them they were full of shit. I do blame that. Okay? Are there things I would do differently? Of course. But I did learn something. I learned that you have the haves and the have-nots and the influentials. Okay? So I have was able to make my bail. I had a private attorney. Uh, we were able to come up with an amicable deal that was okay, you know, not the greatest, but rather than keep on fighting this thing out and fighting this thing out and fighting this thing out and dragging it out and dragging it out, um, I had no more money. So we go to court. We make an agreement. Um, I'm given a six-year sentence, suspended to 60 days in jail, 10 days a year for six years and pay restitution in the amount of, you know, whatever the amount was. And I was okay with that. Another guy had the same, similar charge as mine, had a public defender, wasn't able to make his bail, received a six-year sentence, served at 85%, clean record, no other issues, uh, served his sentence at 85%, when he was released on uh, parole, if he was able to get parole after serving 85% of his sentence, he would immediately begin paying restitution. The haves and the have not. Okay, I got lucky. Now, what did that make me realize? That made me realize that in this system, okay, of justice, Little green things with dead people on it is what makes it go. If you've got the ability to give them little green things with dead people on it, you're going to get a lighter sentence than those who cannot. 
Okay? If you show you're not taking off the public dole and you're out there working, okay, and you're making money so that you can give them the little green things, they're going to be a little more lenient on you than if you don't. Because if you don't, you're going to jail. Okay? I have a problem with that. Okay? Joe Schmo, that's all things considered equal, his record, you know, his pensity for nonviolence, things like that, because his his offender status was considered to be very low level. So why is it he's doing eighty five percent of a sentence that I'm doing sixty days on? The haves and the have not. Why is somebody that was convicted of smoking a joint doing twenty years while somebody that's out here selling a pound of meth does six months and sent to a halfway house? Why is it that a guy can go rape two infants? Two infants. Okay? And he walked out the door in six years, and a guy was looking at an image on a phone. Doesn't make it right, but he was looking at an image on a phone, and he gets 15 years. So, yes. I do believe that there needs to be reform of our justice system. We have the most incarcerated people of any country. Okay? We have to readjust it. And I think we readjust it the biggest way by reclassifying drug addiction. We have to reclassify drug addiction. I'm not saying decriminalize it because it should still be a crime. But instead of treating it punitively, we treat the issue. We treat the drug addiction, okay? And if we don't start treating the drug addiction in this country from a medical standpoint instead of a punitive standpoint, it's only going to get worse. All right, opening the floor up. We've all been a quiet bunch tonight. You're here about that woman who had run for the Portland mayor that her and her daughter had given given a uh, drug-laced cupcake to this woman in order to steal her baby, newborn, so they could rape her? I did read that. I did. That is That is sick. And they'll only get about six months. Well, that goes sometimes. The problem I'm having with this catch and release that they're doing in New York and they're doing it in California, the cops in California cannot arrest anybody if they steal merchandise, they say $900. Nope, you're gone. Goodbye. Have a nice life. Right. Right. You know, I got well, a big problem with that. As a I lot of it has to do with York. the stores, though. A lot of it has to do with the stores. Okay? So well, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. But the stores can't. All right. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there for you. There are two stores, two retail chains in this country that you can blame for those laws. Okay? 
Walmart, and Target. Now, why do you say can we blame Walmart and Target? Because, well, they prosecute shoplifters. No, they don't. Let me explain to you what happens, okay? Now, this is how a Walmart executive explained this to me no more than three months ago, okay? By the time the merchandise reaches Walmart's shelves, every bit of that merchandise the company has already gotten their money back for. Okay? Now, I knew that was the case for a lot of it. I did not know it was the case for all of it. Okay? But they've already gotten their their money back. Well, how have they done that, you say? Well, did you know that Walmart charges these vendors to put their stuff in their stores? You've ever noticed when you walk into a Walmart store, now I knew about the majority of this, you walk in there on the shelf, you're going to see that most name brand products are placed at your eye level. Unless it's a cereal and then it's going to be placed a little bit lower to be at a child's eye level. Check it out next time you go in the store. All of your generics and off-brands will be either above you or below you. Walmart generally puts their products above you. Go take a look because the groceries, the companies pay to have their product carried in Walmart stores. Okay? That's part of the price negotiations that Walmart does. Now, the volume that these stores are moving, these companies are moving through Walmart stores is astronomical. Okay? The point being is that through the shelf purchasing power, through all of the rebates and everything that the company gives Walmart to carry their products, by the time that product is on the shelf, Walmart's got their money for it, and they don't give a damn whether it sells or not. There are some, there are some exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, they don't care. They're not out anything. They simply place an insurance claim, and the insurance comes off of their profits at the end of the year. Okay, the new system that Walmart's putting in place will alleviate 95% of the thing. So Walmart's behind a lot of these rules. Okay. Um, for those of you that's listening to the program that's been banned from a Walmart, beginning in 2021, I would not walk into a Walmart if you are banned from a Walmart in the United States. Wow. Because beginning January 2021, Walmart will have installed in all of their stores facial recognition cameras that will be matched up with your photo that they've got of you when you stole something from their store. Oh, wow. If you, if you are banned, they will get you as soon as you walk in the door. You will be placed in handcuffs, and you will be made to wait until law enforcement shows up and arrests you for criminal trespassing. And they will get you every single time. And this, this is a national database. Walmart has one of the largest, rivaled only by Facebook and Google, databases of individuals in the United States because everybody has been to a Walmart. And they may not know your name, but if you use a debit card, 
they've got you. They match it up. They know who you are. If you use the Walmart app, they know who you are. Matter of fact, you're making Walmart money every time you use that app. Really? Your shopping preference. Your shopping preferences. That is marketing gold, buddy. There are companies that pay Walmart mega bucks for customer shopping preferences. They're virtually eliminated almost uh, the use of the debit card because you, there's a thing on their app that you can do Walmart pay. Yep. And you don't have and to have a like, debit card with you at all. They like that even better because they automatically have your shopping list. Now when I open up my app, I see my current items or my most recently purchased items. Mm-hmm. When I go to Sam's Club, guess what? It pops up. What I buy the most when I'm at Sam's. Hey, I now get targeting advertisement from Walmart and Sam's. Yeah. Hey, you're a daily chocolate on sale. Go get it. <laughs> well, we're we're going to be using a bunch of that stuff. Wow. Oh. By the way, guys, Amanda has been hanging on to listen to the program. She has been tired and sleepy and sleepy and tired. She worked at the coffee shop today. And uh, so everybody say hi to Amanda because she's probably about to be out. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Hi, I'm going to crash, so I'm saying nighty-night. Oh, I gotta get up at I love you, honey. Two in two in the morning, so I can bake for uh, what's it called? Judge in the Java, Java with the judge, Java with the judge. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he don't put any alcohol in his Java. Amanda, I got a question for you. Yeah, who's the diva in the relationship? Is it you or is it Fabian? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the what? The diva. diva. <laughs> it would be Fabian. I thought so. Oh, Thank wow. you, darling. You have a good night's sleep. That was rhetorical. Yes. <laughs> yes. Go wow. ahead. Please. He likes to pretend he's all, you know, still and calm. Yeah. Stall and act really? guys don't fall for it. <laughs> Have you ever seen uh-huh. me lose my head? No, you haven't. No, but you're really good at digressing. <laughs> my show. As far, hey, as far as the, um, just to, to, to input on Barbara's conversation about the um, California deal, you know, and I know you brought Walmart into it real quick. And they very well may have a lot to do with, you know, the legislation and stuff that's being put out. They, but they do. The people no, that it's affecting, though, are individual homes that are being stolen from. And if it doesn't equal – and cars. Their cars are being broken into left and right. If they're not – if it's not equal to or over $900 or whatever, 1500 is what I heard, then they don't do anything but write them a warning ticket. That's it. Or and this is when you have to come into court. That's it. So well, I, I just you know I, I listen. 
<laughs> I'm not following Democrat rule, and I don't want anything to do with what they're doing out there in my state. And I will fight it tooth and nail. Tooth and nail. And, and as far as the courts are concerned, and, you know, you're talking about all these sentences, suspended sentences, and whatever else they need to do to reform the – listen, if they want to do something to reform the justice system, they need to start accountability at the top and start working their way down. Then maybe we'll have some justice in this country. But until that time they start doing any of that, you can forget anything that they do isn't going to work. We don't need reform. We need enforcement. Thank you. And it needs to start at the top. They need to take the people in D.C. that are the crooks, and they know that they're crooks, and they need to hold them accountable. And until they start doing that, this country is not, it's not going to change. It, the best thing to do is keep your head down and don't get involved with the police or the courts. Sometimes you can't help but get involved with the police and the courts. You get drugged into it by circumstance. So it's, it's, it's not cut black and white. Everybody likes to think it is, but it's really not. I used to think it was black and white, too. And it's not. Um, one of the, yeah, I just, I think that. There's way too that. much gray area. I mean, hello. When you, when you have all these indictments that are happening, like to Roger Stone and to, um, and to all these people involved in the Trump campaign, and you've got all these known crooks that are Democrats and they're not doing squat to them, I'm sorry. It, 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 this is not justice in this in this country, and until they start holding those rats accountable, there's nothing worth talking about because nothing's going to change. And I, I hate to sound so pessimistic, but that's the way they have made me feel because of their actions, or in this case, non-actions. Well, this isn't a political thing. I know a lot of people want to make it that way, but it's not a political issue. This is an issue of, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example, okay? So a lady goes into Walmart. She has two kids. She's had trouble getting a job. She goes in. She gets a loaf of bread, a pack of bologna, and a Coke. And she sticks it in her purse, and she walks out, and she gets caught. Okay? Is that theft the same? as the woman that walks into Walmart, sees a blouse that she wants, but doesn't have the fourteen ninety five to pay for it, but she wants it. So she takes the tag off of it, folds it up, puts it in her purse, and walks out the door. Are their thefts the same? Look, you're talking situational ethics and some of that trauma-informed discipline bullcrap. Bull the law is a law, Fabian. I'm, and until not, we teach our kids out... First of all, stop. Situational ethics, I guess, before we use that, people should understand what situational ethics is. And this is not situational ethics. Okay? This has it is, because you're inferring no, that someone who had the power. No, not. I'm How not is it not situational ethics? This is not, guys, this is not situational ethics. We are talking about a situation involving theft. It has nothing to do with situational ethics, because there's no ethics to it. Well, that was her. That was, but her point was: on one hand, 
you know, she got a loaf of bread and some bologna and a coat. The ethics. There's no ethics. Situational ethics has very little to do with theft. Okay. Situational ethics actually doesn't even apply to this situation in the true form. This situation. It's unethical. The theft. Theft is wrong. Yes, it is unethical. I'm not saying any of it's ethical. I'm saying is the theft the same? Yes, it's the same. Yes, it's the same. Fine. Okay. I'm not debating the point. I actually agree with you. Okay. So now they go to court. The judge sees that the woman who stole the loaf of bread, the pack of bologna, and the Coke, when she explains, hey, this is why I did it, should she be given the exact same sentence as the individual that went into Walmart, stole the blast because they wanted her? Chances are she won't. I know that. But I'm saying that if we, if all things equal, does she deserve the same sentence as the one with the one who stole the blast? Yes. Now, what if I told you that that statement that you just made is the incorrect statement based on the definition of a crime? What is the number one thing involving a crime? What is the one thing that there has to be? Intent. Intent. Intent is the greatest word in the legal justice. Okay? Intent. Now, if we want to bring in situational ethics, we can bring that in because situational ethics does apply when it comes to applying intent to the law which is the only area in both state and federal law where judges have any discretion at all is under intent. And they are required to apply situational ethics, as said by Brett Kavanaugh during his confirmation here. Okay? Now, again, I'm not, listen, I'm not excusing any of it. I'm simply saying that when we look at these reforms, you don't look at the crimes, okay? Crimes are crimes. Now, I will tell you that if I was put between a rock and a hard place and I had to go steal something to feed my kids, I probably would do it, okay? And there isn't anybody on this call or listening that would say they wouldn't because every damn one of you know you would, okay? Now, I'm just simply saying that when we look at this stuff, okay, judges are required, and every one of you all know it, judges are required to keep an open mind about every case and base each case based on the merits. So is the fact that she had two hungry children and no food to eat whatsoever a merit? Is that something that merits looking at in her case? Yes or no? I say yeah. Bill? Barbara, uh, Tammy. Yeah. So we're, well, we're, talking about from the, we're talking about from the genesis of the situation. We're not talking about what the judge does. We're not talking about that. Because half of the From the genesis of the judged. situation. And, and I'm going back to that. I promise you I'm going back to it. 
Half of these I'm people, simply saying that. That's a Go judge. Ahead. Superman. A judge. <laughs> we just had, we know, had a student that was 107 grams of marijuana, and they're not being arrested. By the time our SRO officers fill out all the paperwork, the parents have come and retrieved the children from the jail and taken them back to school, and they're already sitting in the lunchroom having their lunch by the time our SRO officers get back to school after they've filled out all the paperwork. I, I don't dispute any of this. I don't. I don't disagree with any bit of it. I agree with every bit of it. I'm simply saying that the reason California has went the way they have, okay, and this is what's important, the reason California has went the way they have is because they've got, they've got no middle class and they've got nothing but poor people and very wealthy people. And the poor people are stealing like crazy. That's why. And a lot of them are undocumented. Drug users. <laughs> now, this is, here's, here's what's important, guys. The reason these laws are being passed, the reason Walmart and Target, other than the fact that they really don't care about the money, have went after this, is because when they prosecute these cases, okay, Walmart is required to show up, okay? Walmart is required to be represented. So how does that work? Walmart has to pay for attorneys to do this, okay? It costs them a lot of money. Judges kick these cases, okay? They kick these cases out, okay? Or they're so minimum so minimal in how they're addressed that it becomes a waste of time. Now, why, why is that? I don't know. But the way you change it, the way you change it, um, I didn't realize. Republican governor. Republican governor. The way you change it. Now I'm I'm inclined I'm inclined I'm sorry I was looking at something I'm inclined to agree with you and Tammy you begin by enforcement okay then you begin by the judges need to be given more narrow parameters if you want to truly solve the problem you make the parameters a little more narrow okay you make it more narrow than what they are now. Because right now, especially in a lot of these theft cases in most of these states, judges have a wide latitude of what they can do. So if you want to go after the latitude of judges, that's how you begin to solve this problem. So how does that go into the criminal justice reform? Well, the first thing that every state has to do is you have to, and and if anybody disagrees with this, feel free to speak up, but I think you have to decriminalize uh, drug addiction. 
have to decriminalize drug addiction. Okay. Well, now, now I don't disagree with that. I don't. I think they need to get help. Because if but you, you can can't, you know, the problem is you can't force help on anybody. You they decriminalize. Have to want help. It doesn't do any you good de- if they don't want it. You decriminalize the <laughs> drug situation, and here's how you decriminalize it. A. And how is that going to help? How is You've that going legalize, legalize heroin, legalize methone, meth, legalize everything. I would everything. recommend that all of the listeners and participants in this program, if they're going to listen and they're going to participate, would probably try active listening before they comment. Because then they would know that I said not to decriminalize the drugs themselves, but to decriminalize the addiction. Now, how do you decriminalize the addiction? If you go out here and you catch a guy breaking into a car, okay? That guy breaks into a car, he's as high as a damn cop. Well, he's guilty of theft, okay? As he should be charged with theft. Breaking and entering, grand theft auto, whatever the case may be, he deserves to be charged. Right then and there, he deserves whatever his sentence is. But I think if he's got an addiction, that part of that sentence, the drug rehab program. And I'm not talking about one of these 30-day cupcake drug rehabs. I'm talking about an intensive drug rehab. Now, having said that part of it, I agree with Barbara. You do have to want to be helped before you can be helped. But if on that first offense, you're sent through the drug rehab program, you successfully complete that drug rehab program because if you don't, you're staying in jail for your full sentence. But if you successfully complete the program, great for you. Guess what? Society. And then they go right back out and use again. It happens every day. Done, society has done for you what it can to cure that drug addiction. Okay? So now if you go back out on the streets, and let's say six months, six months from now, we pick you up, breaking into another car. We pull your record. We see that, oh, well, the court gave you a drug rehab program, an intensive drug rehab program that's high quality, and you chose not to take advantage of that. Okay? Then let's put his ass in one of the prisons and let him do a full term, and that's the way it is. Okay? I think, hey... I think breaking and entering on a car will get you five or six years in prison. Okay? Put them in there. And you progress it up. I'm okay with progressive sentencing as long as we do everything we can initially. Okay? And I think if we give... We have to do something in the system, too, because it's easier for them to get drugs in jail than it is on the street. It is, but I will tell you, in the jail pipeline, it is virtually impossible, impossible to stop contraband into the prison. Now, a lot of places have really curtailed it because they're x-raying people when they come in. If you're keister in a package, they're going to know it. They're even getting the guards now because guards are making big bucks bringing that stuff in. 
now, but a lot of you got a lot of garlic <laughs> butter. Cooking. Cook it as hell too, and all. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. And and that's uh, and there there are some setbacks to it, but we do have, you know, I do think we need to at least make that first overture. So I will turn it over, Mark. Your thoughts? As far as uh, criminal criminal justice reform, uh, another huge problem, drug drug addiction and drug abusers is a big problem, but it's also the mental aspect because there's a lot of people behind bars who have mental defects. And prison is not a place to cure that or to give them help. One of the biggest problems with this country is during the 1960s, we ended the uh, insane asylum program where people were actually getting help and they were able to get over those mental defects. Now, you toss them in... What, from a lobotomy? Uh, Yeah, spoken like a true bottomist. No, but what I mean is the government stopped funding institutions for the most part. And that would take care of the homeless problem as well as the uh, the prison population. If you would bring back that, bring back true mental health care, instead of just leaving them on the streets or just letting them go rot in a prison somewhere. That's true. We have the same problem in the school system because we have children as young as elementary that are already exhibiting. Mental illness. Psychotic behaviors. Yeah. Well, I read a real interesting article about the kids and the bullying scenario and this no tolerance policies that all the schools are taking on now for if you get into a fight, you're caught fighting, you, you automatically are suspended or you're automatically penalized. It's not stopping the bullying either. So along with the drug addiction of not because the bullies protected bullies protected well that well the the point is is the schools don't want to determine fault there are a bunch of weenies that don't want to stand up and say you know what jimmy started the fight so jimmy's going to be the one that gets in trouble they used to do that years ago and they don't anymore now it's if you're caught and the person who is the victim is victimized again. It's wrong, it's immoral, and it teaches them to become doormats. I just read a really, really eloquent article on this today. Barbara, it was your turn. Do you have something to add? Yeah, I was just going to say that they're openly using in San Francisco and Los Angeles, and they're not doing a damn thing about it. So what are they doing to help these people? They defecate on the streets, needles all over the place. So what in, is the in truth, what, doing? In, in truth, what they want them to do is kill themselves. <laughs> then buy them a plot of land and let them do it up at Nancy Pelosi's house in San Francisco. Well, I've, I've, often, but, said, I've often said they just need to send them to Alcatraz. Give them enough drugs for triple the population and enough food for half the population. Solve the problem. There you go. There you go. Anyway. But they're openly using it. If you really believe that, 
if you really believe that they want them to kill themselves, how sick is that? How sinister is that? Stop it, Jill. It was a comment. They do. They do, and it goes along with all the vaccinations. And they do want them to kill themselves. Trust me on this. Yes, they do. They do. Okay. This has been, this isn't new. This has been circulating in circles and, and government circles since the 60s. It's called population and control. It doesn't make it right. But listen, San Francisco, the government of San Francisco, okay, if you think that they're all pro-queer and pro-drug addict and pro-LGBT, they're not, okay? They may act like it. They may come out and say it, but they would prefer that whole bunch just kill themselves off, which is why you see them doing what they're doing. And if you read out the newspaper out there, okay, if you look at the Sacramento Bee and some of the other newspapers out there, you will find that deaths from drugs, disease, any other number of things have skyrocketed in those cities. And it is for that purpose. This is by design in those cities. Ah, but let's have open borders. It's the same thing with gang populations in, in, in major cities. The mayor of Chicago doesn't care about the gun violence in there because they're killing themselves off, and that's good enough for them. The same thing in every major city in this country. Well, they're killing innocent people, too. Collateral damage. All right. So if you have, if you have, um, well, think about it. You've got a city of San Francisco, property values there through the roof, but the value is less than what it was 10 years ago. How do you solve that problem? Let people kill themselves off. Kill the ones off that won't work and can't contribute to society and let the uh, Hispanics from below the border come in and do it. Because if nothing else, they're good workers. Did you just say, if nothing else, they're good workers? That, that replaces the middle. That replaces the middle class. Damn, she didn't say, if nothing else, they're good workers. What do we do? Check their damn teeth before we put them to work, like they're slaves? No, but they work. They're hard workers. They are that. They are that. Um, some of them are. There's a whole lot of them out there living off the government, so don't let them fool you. Oh, they're living off the government, but they're still working. They real, they are, huh? You you got you got uh, numbers on that? Because I can show you that they got a heck of a lot more that are on welfare, and they're taking the money, the free money that's out there, and they're utilizing the system's laws to benefit themselves, 
and they're lying and they're thieving like you would not believe because I've got cousins that live out there and that have had next-door neighbors that they've seen do it firsthand, and none of them work. Only what, one family? One extended family and extended and extended as many times as they can extend it. Well, but you're only talking about one family. We're talking about the majority of the people. I don't want to label any one group of people in any particular way because whether you're talking about blacks or Hispanics or whites or Asians, there's going to be people in every one of those groups of people who are lazy and don't want to work, and there are going to be people that are, that are hardworking. So, I mean, it, you have both. But out in California, they have democratic rule, and that's what is the problem. And if it's about population control, which wouldn't surprise me a whole lot considering, you know, the laws that some of these states have wanted to try to pass on abortion, you know, it is what it is. And we're either going to let them succeed or we're not, or we're going to fight it for our individual states. And right now, for me, my state is the most important thing. I don't care what happens in California at this point right now because it's, I can't do anything about it. The only people that can are the people that live in California. But you should they have care. to step up and, you know, vote some of these people out. But However, how care. goes California generally goes the rest of the law of the land. That's right. Yep. That's right. You should care about what happens in California. It's marching east. Well, you know, they're only going to be able to get it. <laughs> They're only going to be able to get away with so much unconstitutional stuff before people are going to rise up and do something about it. Because the bottom really? line is, is that we're a constitutional republic, and out in California, that is not the way they are conducting business. Sorry. They're really? Not. And, not, and they're not doing it in Virginia either. Right. I know there are other states that are following suit, and that's going to be their downfall. Because I still believe that there are whole lot of people in this country that believe in the United States Constitution. And it isn't the people that are foreigners, because they don't know what the American life is like. They don't know what it was like in the 60s. Do you know how many people we have serving in Congress who they're first-generation Americans? Their parents are from another country? We have too much foreign influence in our federal government. And until we eradicate that and we have some election reform, nothing is going to change. It will continue oh, to di- it will continue to digress this land. Period. You're against you're against foreigners being in government. I am against. Yeah, our founding fathers were against too much foreign influence. You betcha. You did betcha. Did you know that George? Did you know that George Washington? before he joined the colonists, fought for the British Army? Yes. Fully aware of that. You know, they all came from Great Britain. Not all. But, that, the, but, the, but he became a revolutionist. 
And he fought against the crown. He fought against the crown. But he fought for the crown. Or he fought against it. Many of them did. (laughs) Many of them did. Before he voted for it, and then he voted against it, and then for it. So, yeah. That's right. That's right. Him and John Kerry had a conversation first. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, here's here's the thing on this, okay, with the whole foreign influence. Are these people that are serving in Congress American citizens? If so, then according to the Constitution, they're legally allowed to hold office. That's what I said, or why I said we needed election reform. Okay, if, if I'm wrong, then don't argue and complain about Ilhan Omar and her foreign influence. Don't say one word about her and the shit she pulls in, in government. Don't say in a word about what she wants to bring in. She'll be fine. Her cultural differences... Her foreign influence is what's created the, the crap that ends up taking 15 hours out of our media every day. Well, first of all, it has very little to do with her foreign influence because she's not foreignly influenced. Okay? She is radically influenced through Islam. That is her problem. Okay? And that is totally different that is that is totally different than having a foreign influence. Her influence is a religious zealotry that comes from her parents, but it's also learned here because we have much, we have many, um, many Americans that are also hijacked by that. So the whole first generation argument carries no weight. All right, so moving on to our last topic. And then we'll so you don't think there's any forward influence on people that are first generation Americans? I think it's that culturally they're gonna they're, they're not gonna be influenced. You know what? I, I know that, for an absolute fact they are, because a perfect example to give you is Ted Cruz. His father was Cuban. His mother was American. And his father, his father taught him everything about Cuba that he knew. So, yeah, he was influenced from the way it was foreign influence from over there. That doesn't mean he brought so, it here and wanted to do things that way. He wanted to follow so, freedom and liberty and the Constitution. But, but under your... Lon Omar doesn't want to do that. My Lord. ...to do with a religious ideology. The thing is, though, under your under your philosophy, Ted Cruz would be ineligible to run for office. I'm fully aware of that. I'm fully aware of that. So I don't think we blanket first-generation Americans. As a matter of fact, there are some first-generation Americans that I'm aware of that know the Constitution better than people born here, that know the rights. That's right. And the That's risks right. of well, being an American. And my, and my next better. comment was, What's Bernie Sanders' excuse? He's been in Congress for how many years now? And he's the biggest communist that's living, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I have zero use for Bernie Sanders' belief system. I have very zero use for his ideology. And I have zero use for Omar's ideology. But we can't, we can't blame every first-generation person here. I think you take it case by case. Omar, bad example. Ted Cruz, good example. Simple as that. 
So if we blanket brush, we lose good people along with the bad, and we have to go with each individual. So that's just that. Um, we will do, I know I've said this in the past, um, I just, I've never had time to sit down and really study the different versions of election reform out there. Most everybody knows my opinion on it. But I will gladly have a show specifically geared towards election reform and the various things out there. And maybe we could come up with something that we can present to President Trump and see if he'll throw it down the throw it down the tube. Well, you know what comes to mind. You know what comes to mind, Mr. Political Superman, is the the poem that Donald Trump read about the snake letting the snake in, because yeah. we definitely have already done that. Okay. That's already been well, done for eight years, years under Obama. Well, that happened long before Obama. But I'm sure there's different there's different a, parts of the snake, <laughs> for sure. That, that's true. But that's we can tell the tentacles go out in, in a lot of different places. <laughs> the point is, is that it, it it all comes down to people that want to cause destruction to liberty. That's what it comes down no, unfortunately, to. Unfortunately, and, there are more Americans that want to discuss, that want to cause destruction to liberty than those that aren't, and that's what's pathetic. All right, hang on, I need to get, give me a minute. All right, we are going to Hi. go ahead, Barbara. I was just going to say that my both my grandparents on my maternal side came from Ireland and Germany. They love this country. They became American citizens. And and, and and without question, you know, and they saw this country as the American dream. If you're going to start blaming people like Omar, which I do, you can thank Obama for that. It's not just Obama. Well, no, but I mean, he let in 70,000 Somalians. And there's a difference. I I think there's a huge difference between, and and this is another distinction, of the first generation being born here and the first generation that raised their right hand and took the oath here. There's a big difference in that, too. Okay. Mm. That is is another distinction because a lot of people that raise the right hand know a lot more about this country than most people born here. And a lot of people born here of a first generation, yes, it has to do a lot with multiculturalism, but not all of it's bad, and we can't look at it that way. So final thought process here, and I'm going to start with Mark. Final thoughts? Mark. Okay, Barbara. No, no, I had my phone mute. I don't know if anyone noticed this, but YouTube, through a few channels, was live streaming the Daytona 500. Up until the point where Trump went to say, uh, gentlemen, start your engines. And when that happened... The people who were watching it on YouTube had it blocked because it was a copyright infringement. Now, they showed everything okay. up until 
<coughs> that moment, including the playing of the national anthem. But when it came down to Trump, it was a copyright violation. And it oh was my. and it was removed from YouTube until the race started. Really? Wow. Which was quite entertaining. I was I was actually talking yeah. to some friends and, and we were watching it on via YouTube and sure enough it kicked me off. Had a big old thing on the screen that there was a copyright violation and all of this crap. And I believe For he, him to say, gentlemen, start your engine. Yep. They didn't want Trump to get that moment. Bunch of liberals. Well, it's going to bite him in the you-know-what eventually. I'm just waiting for the riots come uh, November 4th. Bring me yeah. some popcorn and watch the, the country burn. Well, I know there's going to be a lot of therapists. Be a lot of therapists. Oh, yeah. Open late. A screaming woman. Screaming woman. And she screams oh, to the even, sky. I didn't even get around to the whole topless ladies that showed up at the Bernie Sanders event today. <laughs> uh, Barbara, final thought. I just lost. Uh, <laughs> Well, I was wondering I if it might have been Jill. What? Cute. Cute. Real cute. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, Barbara, go ahead for the final thought. I missed NCIS New Orleans. <laughs> um, we're close. It was traumatic. I guess. <laughs> All right, is that your final thought? Yeah. <laughs> Tammy? Well, I thought that uh, President Trump did phenomenal, and I hate that um, they had to do a rain delay, but the optics of today were 100% Americana patriotism, America first. Um, there How did were the crowd times, in, There were times the crowd was so loud, you couldn't even hear the jets fly over, and there were numerous times where they were saying, four more years, and USA. The Not only was the Daytona sold out, but the infield was also sold out, too. Yeah. So, like 200,000 people. Yeah. No telling how many, really, because the infield, you know, it's by, kind of by vehicle, so you can get as many people in the infield. I'd like <laughs> to know how many bought their tickets after they found out Trump was coming. Hmm. This is the fifth time that it's been sold out. So, wow. And it would be very fifth time in a row. Fifth time in a row. Well, the fifth uh, time, maybe not be, in a row, but the fifth time. It'd be interesting to know, and it'd be interesting to know how some of them got in there. Because, in case you all yeah. don't know, you get your ID scanned. When the president's going to be there, I, bet. I hope yeah. nobody had any warrants because they got hauled off to the clink. <laughs> I just love. Mostly I just, since there was a rain delay. Huh? I just love going through the tunnel. What'd you say? Go through Tim? a tunnel. I said, especially with the rain delay, because there, you know. 
they uh, had a rain delay. They dried off the field, got back out there. They did like maybe maybe ten laps, and had a downpour. And then so um, they call. They didn't call the race, but they called the rain delay until tomorrow afternoon sometime. So what was mm-hmm. actually playing this afternoon on TV on Fox 17 was actually the 2019 Daytona race. Yeah, I caught on to that pretty quick. Well, at least, at least Trump had his moment. He did have yep. his moment. Was it a pro-Trump wow. crowd? Did you hear any boos in the crowd? I never heard any boos. No, I didn't hear any either. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Jill, final thought. I don't have any final thoughts on um, NASCAR. And... Um, I wouldn't do go topless anywhere, just for the record. Um, I was actually out having dinner with birthday dinner with my daughter um, to celebrate my birthday. That was Tuesday. Um, she and I went out for a mother daughter dinner this afternoon. So, yeah, I wasn't at Bernie well, Sanders rally. Um, happy belated birthday! Thank you. My my final thought would be this. I think that there are a whole lot of people who are in generations where they're younger than 50 years of age who never lived during the time in the 60s and and 70s whereby, for the most part, you know, we, we lived, we had wars and such, but they were always fought somewhere else. And... We had peace in this country for the most part. There were protests about certain things. Shoot, they protested Vietnam. Like crazy. But the bottom line is is that children could play in the streets and not have to worry about being abducted. You know, women could go to the grocery store without being having to worry about being abducted. Uh, and I know there were bad things that happened back in that time then too. And uh, long about the 1980s, they brought up all, Oprah started emphasizing on her shows all these things, bringing it all out of the closet because she was, you know, abused as a child, if you recall. And, you know, and there was just a whole lot of that started coming out. Everything started just rolling. They were getting the ball rolling in the media. And that's when I saw the paradigm, the major paradigm shift from going from peace to doing nothing but concentrating and focusing on turmoil and chaos. What can make it more turmoilous, for the lack of a better term? Tumultuous. Tumultuous, yeah, in the country. You know, what can be the problem now, so to speak, for everybody to have to worry about and everybody to have to rush and want to be in their homes instead of out doing things as a family? And the fact of the matter is, is like my daughter and I discussed this afternoon, no matter what happens in this world, we have to go about living our lives as if everything is fine and we have to lean on the Lord to keep us all safe. And beyond that, pay attention and know what's going on to the point where we have to, you know, when the time comes that we all have to rise up as a nation and do something about it, I think that we're all going to know it. And it's as simple as that. Well, all righty then. All right, so my final thought is this. 
Hey, two women <laughs> went to a Bernie rally today. Uh, well, several women, topless. And they yelled at Bernie to stop propping up the dairy industry and the uh, meat industry and become vegan. Well, Bern was feeling the burn, but he told him to stick it. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny, though. As, as much as I... As, much as I hate to say it, I, I got a pretty good laugh out of that one. Yeah. But also, that's important, and you know that's not that's not important. I like to pick fun at him for that. But in truth, we need to be careful, and here's why we need to be careful: because there are people out there that would give anything to destroy this country. Some of those people are within that would choose to destroy this country. Okay? And while we're focused on enemies that are foreign, we have enemies that are domestic that would do us harm. Yes, there is a day coming where the people of the United States will have to rise up and fight. And we will most likely be fighting our countrymen, our brothers and our sisters, American and against American, patriot against whomever. Those days are coming. I believe that. I've always believed that. Okay? But what I want everybody here to understand is that when that time comes, it won't tear America apart. There are people who believe it will. It will not tear America apart. It will cause us to become closer as a nation as we root out those that are against our belief system. As much as I don't ever want to see our country go into another civil war, I know it's coming. I do pray that it is not in my lifetime. But if it is in my lifetime, I will rise up and I will fight. Because I was raised that it is God, country, family. And in order to protect my family, I would first have to protect my country. And at the end of the day, no greater love hath a man that lay down his life for another. I am the political superman, and this has been Straight Talk. Remember, you've got to stand for something. You'll fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. Thank you, soldier. But without them, we wouldn't have the country that we have today. Thank the families of soldiers, for without them, we wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. Thank you each, of, each and every one of you for listening, and we will see you next week. I'm the political superman saying, have a good night, everybody. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.